0: Welcome to The Conduit, a platform where we try to bring important ideas to the modern world. Our focal points are rationality, morality and progress.
1: My name is Lyndon. I work in mental health case management. I study artificial intelligence and you can find my writing at Therefore Think.
0: I'm Josh. I work in government. I volunteer at a drug reform organisation and I'm interested in effective altruism. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Two, one, one. <laughs> oh, you're way behind good. me. I reckon that was really good.
1: <laughs> Maybe you were you were like a se- whole second behind me. I'm ah, well,
0: <clears throat> the proof will be in the pudding. We will see. Um, you get the final edit. So <laughs> yeah, like obviously, yeah. they're going to be lined <laughs> up. <laughs>
1: just proving yourself great.
0: <laughs> um. Well, welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. Um, welcome back to The Conduit. Uh, what is going on? Yeah, it's been
1: 36-ish <laughs> hours since we last spoke. Well, that's not true. We spoke many times well, between yeah. then, but 36 hours since we last recorded a podcast. I think I'm going to contribute my bullish early and say I'm bullish on AM podcasts. Mm, really? Really? Definitely bearish on the PM kind.
0: Yeah, you tend to just fizzle out really. Well, you spoke about this like the other week. You tend mm-hmm. to really fizzle out in the PM. I have no staying
1: power. I, don't, I don't, Yeah, I don't know why. I don't have a good explanation for it. it makes me feel very weak. Yeah. Well, but it's just like. <laughs>
0: <hell yeah. laughs> I think. Um, I think we did make some interesting progress on why. Like. Because you, your deep work get, gets quite deep and then like that really just taxes you for your shallow work where I guess comparatively to myself, I don't get that deep, especially, yeah, with work throughout the day. Um, and then, yeah, just in general, I would say. So my, I'm probably just cruising a lot more at a similar pace or rate or intensity and you're probably like up and down quite a lot more. Not like mm. quickly, but big chunk of up, big chunk of down kind of thing. And I think I think I said this to you, but I didn't
1: actually use this. I tried to take this frame to it, but didn't actually say this explicitly. But I probably think of it in terms of Henneman size principle. Yeah, you did say that. Yeah. Which is cool. So, well, you can say it again. Okay. So, basically, like Henneman size principle is a you know, one of the fundamental pr- principles in exercise physiology where you have, you have motor units which are sort of, um, you know, like where your nervous system meets muscle tissue. So, a motor unit connects to a bunch of muscle fibers and when the motor unit is instructed to contract, like its threshold of stimulation is reached or breached, then it contracts all the fibres that it's responsible for as forcefully as possible. So, yeah, it's an all-or-nothing kind of phenomenon. And basically, you have really easy-to-fire motor units that control really small amounts of fibres and really small fibres, and then it goes up progressively from there. So, what it basically means is... Is you end up with an exponential curve. So, yeah, it's really, really flat for a long time. And then you start getting into like moderately sized motor units that control, let's like, yeah, they're moderately hard to fire. They control a moderate amount of fibers, each of them. And then each of those fibers is a moderate size. But then up from there, you have high threshold motor units, which control, you know, lots of muscle fibers and they're the really biggest and most powerful muscle fibres. So that's where, you know, say like 90% of your strength comes from, you know, the top 10 motor units. So essentially that's why fatigue management is so important for like strength endeavours because being fatigued and being locked out of those top few percent of muscle fibers, it's not like oh, sorry, motor units. If you're carrying like three percent fatigue, that's not just going to detract your strength three percent, it's going to detract it, you know, 15, 20, 25 percent, possibly because it's locking you out of the most powerful motor units. So, that's in essence what Henneman's size principle is. I say in essence, but that's <laughs> that's
0: a large essence. 45 yeah. paragraphs. <laughs> yeah. In tangent, what um, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's, hey, me, like, like yeah.
1: you said, just trying to recapture some value <laughs> yeah. from that. Those couple of degrees that cost me like 70 grand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I guess some of the theorizing that Josh and I were doing at least was like, maybe that's possibly one of the phenomenons that I experience from a sort of a cognitive standpoint. Because I would imagine that we probably all have some yeah, distribution of, like, nerve cells and just, like, cognitive patterns, connections that sort of, yeah, function in a similar way. Well, it's, like, actually, it's, like, definitely true. Like, you have more expensive parts of your brain being, like, your prefrontal Mm. cortex. So, when you're tired, the, the most expensive cognitive sort of... Control diminishes
0: fastest. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. anyway, said yeah. there. And I guess um, it maybe that's uh, a bit of a smaller scale, but on a larger scale, it connects to the 36 hours between podcasts, which is really us trying to, I guess, like fatigue manage on a larger scale, I suppose, so that we can have about three weeks off recording in general over the Christmas period and take part in all those festivities. Um, Because, yeah, I I, I guess what I'm hearing from a lot of that is that your best work isn't done when you're fatigued kind of thing. Like fatigue is definitely necessary necessary in a lot of cases and stressing the system and, say, overworking to get those gains. Um, But in terms of putting out your best product, it's probably a good idea to be fresh when you are doing that. On a smaller scale, like a week to week basis, but then also like on a larger scale. Um, yeah. So I guess like in terms of this, like we don't we don't just wanna be feeling like every week like we've gotta, you know, stress to put out something, like it'll be good to have a little bit of a break. Um and yeah, just top up top up the reserves. Yeah, I agree.
1: Obviously. <laughs> um but I think it is interesting just to compare yourself and I. Obviously, there's a ton of different factors that that go into why we are the way we are, and this is just, like, one tiny part of that. But, yeah, I think if my theory is true, you definitely have more of a endurance kind of, or endurance sort of, you know, like, muscle fiber, Mm -hmm. quote-unquote, composition, whereas I'm that kind of, like, sprinter who's yeah you like super fast or you know it can go intense yeah. in many ways but useless after that, <laughs> useless after
0: that. yeah <laughs> it's um it's pretty funny to like i remember back when uh we did i think it was the cat episode and then we went for lunch after it <laughs> so like did like a, or maybe no it was maybe like our first episode or something um so like a mm. two hour bout of just trying to at least go deep on some abstract concepts then we go for lunch with Kat and Lyndon's just a mute at the table and I'm like still (laughs) shucking and jiving like this is my first time meeting Kat I think it was and um yeah I think that's also I've I don't know I I worked a job in sales for like a, a year and a half and uh I think that really helped me become a phony when needed um and like some of that is good because I you know, like you have often said, like, the only thing better than, say, like, complaining about a problem is just fixing the problem or, you know, whatever your quote is on that. Um, and so, like, I think that's, that's a good skill to have to just be able to, like, okay, when I need to, I'm just going to put the face on and um, do the thing. And I think that's a fine line between, like, that and being, say, like a two-faced person or, like, a phony person in general. You know, just, like, showing up to the Christmas thing and when you're hungover or whatever and just playing your role. There's a time and a place for that. Yeah. No, I
1: I certainly agree. I think it it can be a really valuable skill to have, and it it is different from being two faced, like you said. Like that that two faced person is different.
0: Yeah, different to different people, I guess. It's Whereas like intentionality, it's like two intentioned or by by intentioned rather than. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it does completely, but I was even sort of outside of that, like they're both intentional in many regards, but I think the the difference is like the two-faced person is different in different circumstances, whereas the kind of person that you're sort of talking about is like, they're the same under different conditions. Right, right, right. For the most part. And I see this, I think my sister's like a wizard mm. at this or a... Whatever
0: the (laughs) bitch. That's hilarious. But also just like... It also just does uh, highlight that really gender-biased way of looking at it. Like a wizard is this really great, beautiful thing with a halo around it and this witch is obviously... It's like a really dark, negative thing.
1: Isn't... I thought...
0: I would have said the
1: the contrast or like the counterpoint to a, a witch is a warlock, isn't it? Isn't it warlock. I have no witches? idea what a warlock is. Hey, yeah, I don't really know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway so she's a witch. Not to get, yeah. She's a yeah. gun at, at this. Like, yeah, she just, and this, this goes to my sort of, I think, Oh, oh I definitely like hang it on. Silly women, a lot. <laughs> females, girls, um, because I think I just have, yeah, such respect for what some of them are capable of. And it, it's obviously true yeah. of men as well. There's like, there's men who are morons while there's, you know, the other side of the distribution. But yeah, like Eb or Mum, Nan, all the people that I always talk about, like they can just have like, you know, I would be, like, up, like, attending to us kids who may have been, like, throwing up overnight, then, like, go and work a full day and then then come home, be cooking dinner <laughs> and then, like, feel like, 9 p.m. I'm going to bed, like, moping after I've just got up at, like, 8.30 that morning mm. or something and she's just, like, ironing and, mm. you know, do, like, just the endurance of output. Yeah. And my sister's the same, like, or whenever she's feeling tired and it's, like, walking into a family event, it's, like, no. Nah, they turned yeah. on. Be happy for those like who, and again, not that she's hiding her feelings, but it's just like no, just like these people deserve the best yeah. of me, so I'm going to give it to them. where I'll just go and like hide in a corner, but like no one <laughs> talks
0: to me. <laughs> Fucking male privilege, man. <laughs> We've got it good.
1: <laughs> I do, and uh, yeah, hundred percent, I do because I and I guess part of it is like just family being accepting of you who you are. But I do just get left alone. Yeah,
0: yeah. Which is nice. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's very much the same with my family. My sister, so she's the only only girl in the family, five boys and one girl. Um, She could beat all of us up, that's for sure. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, she's very much the same. She's just always been like a very conscientious go-getter. She's living in London now, studying, um, well, working as a paralegal, and I think she's also still studying law as well. Um, but she's very much just always just gone after it and um, been, I guess, the glue and being able to coalesce really easily. Uh, it's always been a really good skill of hers. Do you have intentions of going over to visit her at any point? Definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah at some stage although I think I think flights are quite expensive unfortunately um but I, w- I would definitely love to at some stage, obviously, but I think um this is actually something I was going to say today, but I think my next travel will be I want to do dark mofo this year, hopefully next year in June, so that's in Tasmania for people that haven't heard of it um yeah, so I'd really like to do that in June and then I don't know, maybe somewhere down the track do do London with see Nina and that. Yeah, nice. Mm. Sounds cool. Um, what about you? What are your goals for the next year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's see.
1: Maybe can we start with like yeah, reflections yeah, we'll on this go. year?
0: <laughs> we'll set the table. Yeah, so we are, okay. again on the on the trend of reflections, we're gonna reflect on the year that was in terms of life, um, goals, if they were there and uh how they went, and then we'll look forward as well. Cool. So,
1: okay, the year that was, well, firstly, I didn't have too many psycho-emotional breakdowns, which seemed common, at least on social media, given everyone's frustrations with COVID and the ups and downs of that. assume
0: oh, so you mean like comparatively to other people rather than comparatively to your previous self?
1: Yeah, probably like comparatively to other people. So like I don't know if whether that kind of comparison is useful or helpful, but um I think there's kind of, there was like one of the things that went on during COVID was there was like a pandemic of wallowing yeah. that that also went on. It's like, yeah, the, the you know, the pandemic itself is happening and then there was this like social pandemic of whinging and whining Mm. Um, not to be too judgmental or like, you know, values based in that appraisal. But yeah, I I probably can't say it without being somewhat judgmental. I I do think that's, that's what went on. And I think a lot of, um, yeah, sight was lost over the still quite privileged position that we're all existing within. Mm. Again, there is certainly challenges know, my disposition is probably better aimed at dealing with that than others. But even with all those factors considered, I yeah, still can think it happened a bit. And what I'm getting at, again, is not trying to be too judgmental of people, but just like ideas, they're mimetic, mem- yeah. like they do spread. And you sort of, you see, when you see people posting material of a certain kind, like you're more prone to posting it. And you see this even in like the structure of Instagram yeah. post. So it's like, there's a trend photo now dumps <laughs> of like photo dump. <laughs> thank you. There we go. Yes. It's like, no one was doing yeah. photo dumps until like now that's, that's the thing. a thing. Yeah. And people don't probably even consciously consider it too much. Hmm. It's just, we are social creatures looking for,
0: social validation Mm. and also yeah like validation as well as just like generally accepted behavior just probably somewhat subconsciously just paid paying attention to the rules you know quote unquote rules of social norms and like what is accepted behavior to do because again to take that quite banal example of a photo dump posting eight photos of what your month was two years ago be like oh that's fucking weird but now it's just like the trend so, yeah, um, validation, but also, I guess, just following along with what are the accepted behaviours.
1: Yeah, thank you. So, all that as sort of like a preface of... one Like, one of the reflections I was relatively proud of this year while still being not completely sold on it was just trying to double down on, like... Yeah, learning, doing semi-productive things such as this podcast, um, you know, reading, writing, like rather than just succumbing to the
0: "this is really hard, take it easy on yourself" kind of approach. So you're <laughs> he's saying you're not sold on learning, writing, and reading, <laughs> or what or are you not sold on? Uh, like, you know, probably like I've wavered back and forth. Like, you know, I can't say
1: you know I did what I did was perfect and you know, a lot of effort and sacrifice does go into it. So what I was getting at is there has been reflection points probably in the last like month or so about like, was it worthwhile, you know, trying to stress yourself and push yourself that much under somewhat arduous conditions when you could have maybe just chilled out a bit. Right, yeah, yeah.
0: There was definitely, um, so, you know, there was the whole, like, the instant of, like, okay, this sucks, but then there's, like, the next step or next train of thought that a lot of people talk is, like, okay, well, let's get really productive in this time and space. And then there was, like, the counter-narrative to that, where, like, oh, that's really toxic productivity. It's, like, you know, you're suppressing things. Like, don't let the the people pushing the productivity during this time make you feel bad at yourself bad about yourself which i yeah again like as you said like there's definitely a lot of merit in that um but yeah i guess it's j- i reckon that's just for an individual to weigh up like i would have come away feeling like pretty bad about myself not due to people but just due to my disposition if i didn't come away from the last 2 years better off than worse off yeah
1: yeah i think that's effectively the point I was trying to
0: make like
1: all that sort of preamble was just to sort of get to that punchline of yeah I'm pretty pretty pleased that yeah we encountered a greater unknown than probably most of us have experienced but still
0: managed through it to get what I consider to be better Mm. so you're saying uh, so you didn't really have any like stated goals because maybe we can just quickly reflect on goals in general Like I I don't think you've really been the type of person to set and I really haven't much either in the past. Like stated goals or have you? No, I I never really have
1: done that. And I'm starting to think that might be a bit of a bug, something that I think I could improve on because I have noticed that I probably am executing more effectively now that I'm doing relatively simple more operational sort of goal setting like you know checklists and that kind of thing for things i'd like to do for the day or for the week yeah i've always kind of just kept goals in my head both short and long term and i think part of that is because it does fuel me like it's not putting them on paper i think can both feel relieving, but it, it can also concretize them a bit. Mm. I think it's a bit of a protection mechanism by by not explicitly stating them. Definitely,
0: yeah. I, I, I would say that I've not come across a convincing argument not for setting explicit goals. Every single argument that you come across, and again, I really haven't been one to set explicit goals much in my life. I have a couple of times, and again, it's definitely something that I want to get better at, <coughs> Long term, short term, just more simple goals, more large scale. Um, yeah, that's something I would like to improve on in general. But yeah, I would say I, I really haven't come across a solid argument not to set goals in that way. The only arguments I tend to come across just seem to be like fueled by fear, like you, like you alluded to. It's um, and this is something that Peterson really talks quite a bit about. It's like explicitly outlining your criteria for failure like a goal can that's another way to reframe what a goal is a goal is like something you want to do but it's also outlining um your yeah again outlining your criteria for failure so that if you don't that don't hit that then you're essentially um failing Uh, so that's that's probably the most common like rebuttal or argument against goal setting that i've come across and i yeah i just don't think it's a very well, I just think it's fueled by fear and it's something that, yeah, I've said a lot of the time as well. Yeah, not too much that I would disagree with there. Mm.
1: Do you maybe want to recap your year then and mm. then we can be on even footing and move <coughs> forward from there?
0: Yeah, so, yeah, it was hard to even remember remember what the year was. Uh, so, yeah, I I guess this... Yeah, I started this job in June, so I've had half the year in this job, half the year in my previous job as well. Um, I moved houses, I think, in August or September, so there was actually quite a bit going on this year. Um, Yeah, and again, like yourself, I've been lucky to be employed the whole time, Um, and as you alluded to, it's, it's hard to make those judgment calls about like what the right way to feel about everything that went on when we've not really been pushed by the effects of it like we've we've more or less had the privilege of um and you know it's not, i wouldn't necessarily say it's like privilege in that sense like we've obviously worked hard to get to where we've gotten um to be able to have jobs during this time um but yeah it's it's hard to like stand on the outside without feeling all the effects, the negative effects of losing losing employment and relying on the government government funds um, and, you know, the de- the decisions that are made on a week-to-week basis like really affect your life. Um, yeah, so it's hard to actually make judgment calls on that, I would say. <clears throat> um, but yeah, more in general, the year has been a good one for me, I would say. Like I said, I moved into a new little pad, um... Got a new job. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's been it's been prosperous, I would say.
1: And you weren't playing, you know, piano or music yeah. last year. So, they've True. been things that you've picked it's up a,
0: and developed. Yeah. Good point there. I, uh, yeah. I don't know. I think it was last November when I started DJing. Um, but, yeah, I started playing piano this year in Feb, which has been a nice little endeavor. Um so, yeah, I, I think, like, again, I didn't really set any explicit goals last year. I think it was more, and I, I guess this is the case for a lot of people in their mid-20s, It's just like, okay, you've, you're starting to grow up a little bit, you know, you're, you're coming online, so to speak, in a prefrontal cortex kind of way, and then you come to grips with, like, okay, well, what is, what is life going to look like as an adult, Like you kind of do stop viewing yourself as a little kid anymore. Um, (laughs) Not a little kid, but like, you know, just a kid in that sense. And you you start to have those thoughts of like, all right, I've got to figure my shit out and grow up a little bit if I I don't want my 30s to be just misery and, you know, and that continues downwards. Um, So, yeah, I think that was largely the year. It was kind of just figuring out how to set myself up a little bit more financially, just in a life sense, what sort of habits do I want to take on going forward and like what sort of person do I want to be moving forward? Um, Yeah, so they were kind of really not specific, tangible goals, um, but it was, I guess, more day-to-day, yeah, like day-to-day, what kind of person do I want to be kind of goals.
1: So, with that considered that you didn't explicitly state any goals, do you think there's any areas that you fell short of, sort of just in reflection?
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, <laughs> relationships. Uh, well, main, mainly like romantic relationships. So, um, still single, ladies? <laughs> no, nah, but uh, yeah. So, obviously still don't have a romantic partner, which is something I've gone back and forth on. Like, I want one, don't want one. And then whatever that that goes up and down, um, but also like family. And I know it's been hard for everyone. Like, I haven't really seen too much of my family this year. Um, but that would be probably the only place, which although it's only say one variable, it takes up a large part of the pie. <laughs> um, so that's definitely something that yeah I would like to improve upon. What about you? What what areas do you feel like you perhaps didn't fulfill properly in 2021.
1: Yeah. You probably summarized the two that came to mind for me, both sort of like direct, not necessarily family, but like close, close relationship Mm. ties. And in particular, the romantic sense. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like not, not appalled Sort of my performance in either of those areas, <laughs> performance but, review. <laughs> yeah, like it, I'd also find it problematic if I didn't see some problems there. And I do. When I say I'm not impo- not appalled, I do worry that maybe that is me setting a low low bar for myself in that domain, mm. where I set much higher bars in other domains comparatively i think yeah
0: yeah yeah i guess i mean i mean i know you know this but like i guess we all just need to understand that there's scarce resources as we like to say so there's limited resources in what we can give our attention towards and uh yeah you can't obviously can't completely exploit every domain no that's certainly true but something I've been
1: reflecting on a little bit more is I don't actually really like the term self-sabotage but sort of the concept of self-identity and how it can hold you back you know you do become very attached to who you think you are and who others perceive you to be Mm. and it's something that we all probably give lip service to about feeling you know comfortable to change and grow It is honestly so much more difficult than just the lip service suggests. And I do think there is some merit to the argument that I have created a narrative that this is just, you know, how I am and I'm sort of like good at these Mm. things and poor at others when I very much could be, I just think, better at both. Yeah. And... Yes, like there are scarce resources, but I don't think from an absolute sense we have any idea of, well, are we actually on the sort of scarce end of Mm. that resource or actually do we still have like an abundance around us for what our goals are and we're just sort of reverting to that oh well this is a limited resource mm. and it's like but yeah but you're still underutilized yeah
0: it. yeah yeah absolutely so here's an interesting thought like how do you think it, either pick like five or ten years like how do you think your say your goals will be different then so like what i'm getting at is it, i guess for me the way i see my life going is uh ideally at least like setting up over the next 10 years until i get to my mid-30s um you know obviously still trying to progress in other domains and things like that but um yeah really an investment period in myself and uh i guess my future and then uh and and again this is not (laughs) not a new sort of model it's pretty probably the typical model but and then like really trying to just say like settle down exploit the family and relationship domains then um, yeah. How do you How do you think about that? Like w- in ten years, kind of, or five years, perhaps? Do you largely want to see your life different or the same, just better? Yeah, I'm not
1: entirely sure. I think the. the thought process I'm probably currently going through is I should probably set more radical goals for myself I think I have started to like people get more conservative as they age and I'm not sure if I am starting to tip over into some of that or you know whether it's you know now that like we spoke about last week or it'll be two weeks ago maybe when this airs um, about like the new job that I've secured. Mm. And I'm not sure if the, the thought process of that that has triggered is more conservative in the sense of like, oh, now I'm sort of finally on that path and it'll just be like a general trajectory upwards from there. So, yeah, as I said, I'm, I'm not quite sure what the cause is but I do feel there has been a more capped um, perceiving of what my future could be
0: previously in recent times. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I definitely like that train of thought of just setting more, more radical and extreme goals. Um, And yeah, I guess like really concretizing them as well, going back to the goal tangent. Cause you know, obviously like getting to extreme places in society is difficult so but at the same time the amount of people i think truly like vying for those places is also not as large as we might think mm-hmm. you know so like i think an example would be like okay everyone um yeah, i don't know maybe like everyone wants to be rich or everyone wants to co- uh, occupy like higher places in companies um or just like have good status in their domain kind of thing and then like the thought is like, oh, well, everyone thinks that. So, like, it's going to be impossible to do because, like, there's so much saturation. Um, There's so much demand for that. But there, like, actually isn't that much active demand. There's just people just taking that first step of being like, oh, yeah, like, I want to be rich and I... Bad example, but, oh, yeah, I want to win the lottery. But Like, no one actually buys the lottery ticket. That's a bad example, obviously, but in the work domain or the entrepreneurial space perhaps like no one actually takes that next step. So there's not actually as many active, um, competitors in that, say in that market, there's just people sharing that same thought and they're all kind of just deterred due to that thought. Yeah,
1: that's a a fantastic point. And I think that's a good place for me to link in, this article mm. that I, I read this morning, one that i had been sitting on for a little while, and it just um, serendipitously you know tied in with what we're going to talk talk about today. So, it's on the eighty thousand hours blog, which is you know eighty thousand as in the the numerals, <laughs> <voice>, the <laughs> new American you know, uh, display representation of those. What's numbers. the word for numbers? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so eight zero 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 h o u r s dot org. The the title of the article is "Be More Ambitious: A Rational Case for Dreaming Big If You Want to Do Good." So this this article, as I said, links in pretty well. And one of the points that they speak about here is basically the point that that Josh just made. I think very well. The the crux of the article or it's sort of the introduction to it is that in a personal sense, actually, I might just read the first paragraph. That's, that's pretty good. So to quote self-help advice often encourages people to dream big, be more ambitious or shoot for the moon. Is that good advice? Not always when asked, More than 75% of Division 1 basketball players thought they would play professionally, but only 2% actually made it. Whether or not the players in the survey were making a good bet, they overestimated their chances of success by over 37 times. This level of overconfidence is common and means that be more ambitious may not always be the right advice. Some people even enjoy taking risks, which explains why they buy why they buy lottery tickets even though they lose money on average. Whether to be more ambitious depends on the domain and the person in question. However, if your aim is to have a positive impact on the world, we think we can make a rational case for aiming high based on the concepts in our Key Ideas series. In short, our advice is to do as much as you can to set your life up so that you can afford to fail and then aim as high as you can. As a slogan, limit downsides, target upsides very good so it is it is very good uh, and i think it's it's a cool article so that sort of gives you a bit of an introduction to it and the case they make is basically aiming high isn't necessarily great advice for personal outcomes because value is logarithmic like or like diminishing returns so it, it as the value that you acquire from something goes up, it begins to go up at a slower and slower rate. Like as we've spoken about before in regards to um, money and happiness, it goes up sort of linearly, probably originally, and then begins to plateau. Mm. Whether it fully plateaus, you know, that's, that's actually not super relevant. But the point is that it begins to slow in its returns. However, as they, uh, I think it's Todd, Benjamin Todd, yeah, who makes the case in this article um, and sort of is just the 80,000 hours general philosophy among others. Um, while gaining 10 friends is not twice as good as gaining five for yourself. Like, you know, the the advantage of gaining five friends from a personal standpoint is probably like 80, you know, 90% of what it would give you in order to gain 10 friends. It's not twice as good. However, helping 20 people as opposed to 10 people or doing twice as much good for the same amount of people is twice as good Mm. from an altruistic standpoint. Like there is not diminishing returns Mm. there. The returns are scalable. Mm. So the point that's made is you want to aim for sort of like, satisfactory and like satisfy or sufficient for yourself and your personal life, like aim relatively high and set yourself up sort of securely. Mm-hmm. And then in career sort of domains provided you can weather the, you know, the negative outcomes or, you know, like altruistic senses, it is worth taking the risks and the reasons for this are based on, like you said, Point number four was other actors are risk adverse, so you'll face less competition. Mm, Yeah. So I'll read the four points if that's easiest. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, just to, and then I'll be done with it. But so in a nutshell, why should be more ambitious? Point number one, if you care about the number of people you help, it can be worth betting on a small probability of helping a huge number. Unlike with personal goals where most things have diminishing value, like I touched on. Two, the wide variation in how much good different career paths do means that low probability, high upside scenarios can be the biggest driver of, of your impact. So that basically just means that um, like it's these things happen via power laws like Pareto distribution, like a small number of agencies or actors are doing the most good in the mm. world. Number three, aiming higher has more information value since you give yourself the chance of being positively surprised number four like I said already other actors are risk averse so you'll face less competition their suggestions are in order to free yourself up to be more ambitious first limit downsides so this means modify or eliminate options that might have a serious negative impact on you or the world or prevent you from trying again number two make sure you have a backup plan Number three, which I really like, put yourself in a better position to take risks over time by investing in
0: your financial security, your skills, and your mental and physical health. I'm gonna um, embody a bit of Russ Roberts shout out to Econ Talk here. <laughs> Why should we care? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is classic Russ Roberts. Why should we care? Why should the average folk care about something like this? What it isn't it isn't it just enough that they're living a good life, they're paying their bills, they're getting pleasure on a day-to-day basis they're paying for their family um, you know why why should they care should they care if so why should they care
1: man he really wasn't gonna take it down that path obviously, <laughs> but was, the perspective I was trying to bring is I think this is a good model yeah. of just like approach I really like that last point put yourself in a better position to take risks over time by investing in your financial security skills mental and physical health mm. So it's like, even if you don't have altruistic endeavors, I think that is a great idea. Like most of the returns in even your just career or probably capital come from like large spikes. Mm. You you make some connection that turns out to like get you into a role where you climb up like 25K in a year. Just like you jump, say multiple pay grades through this one somewhat random chance encounter mm. that you made. Yeah. Like we've spoken about the skill versus luck. You can develop the skill along the way, but there are then spikes in luck where things come to pass. Mm. So giving and Paul Graham has a cool article on this called uh, black swan farming about just like giving yourself that, that exposure for upside optionality. Yeah. So yeah, I like this model Or this sort of article as a model for just cultivating that within your own life. Though you and I have that intention of trying to apply this Mm. in an altruistic sense.
0: Yeah, they give um, yeah. So they give concrete, concrete a a couple of concrete points of advice here as well, which perhaps I'll cover. Um, So we mean you should aim higher. More concrete. More concretely, we mean you should. Make a list of longer-term career paths that you could aim towards. Number two, think about how much positive impact you'd have if each path goes really well, what you've referred to as upside scenario or what we can call an upside scenario. Number three, think about what will happen if the path goes really badly. Modify or eliminate any options that might have a big negative impact either on your life or on the world. Um, And then number four, then, to choose between the remaining paths, seriously consider pursuing the one with the best outcome in the upside scenario. Um, Yeah, and this, I guess, connects back to, we'll talk about the future authoring program the other week, just about, um, like, outlining best case, worst case scenarios. And I think once you, say, like, flesh out what those actually look like, it becomes, say, a lot easier, but also a lot more like motivating and real to want to trend towards obviously the better path. Yep.
1: I like that. I was just quickly quickly looking up um what like the median income for the world is. Mm. Like it's just a quick Google search. Um but the results I'm currently looking at is the median annual household income worldwide is just shy of ten thousand dollars. So, yeah, like you can make whatever case you want to for the world or like why you should do good for the world. I personally, I am atheistic in my theological beliefs. So, it's like I'm I'm not doing good for the purpose of getting into Mm -hmm. heaven. But I think the reason that I should be doing good or trying to do good, try to do more good over time is because even at an entry-level wage in Australia... Where I live, a very comfortable life, like I am single-handedly overing, like earning, yeah, like multiples of the median household income for the world. Yeah, like I am in the one percent. Yeah,
0: that's that's exactly right. I think that's it's such a a uh, such a salient point that people often fail to realize. Unfortunately, often those on the really uh, progressive left when they talk about the 1% and tax the rich well it's like most of the time you are the 1% if you just pull back the scope a little bit more like you're definitely the top like 001% that has ever existed um, but most of the time they're probably the 1% in the world uh, and yeah not not to say that we should ignore um, say like the 1% in more specific areas like the, the 1% in the United States or the 1% in Australia Uh, but yeah I guess it's just when it comes at a an omission of their own one (laughs) percentness yeah yep
1: yeah like you said it really just depends on where you draw the boundary like once you consider you know time factors or global factors you are just so
0: so wealthy like practically everyone listening to this podcast is. there's a, i don't know who the quote is by but or maybe it's just like an epithet of like the data speak for themselves when really like the data don't speak for themselves like we speak for the data and we draw the narrative around it and like you're the data guy not me but like how you chop up the data is also a narrative as well and there are many different ways to do that
1: yeah i, I think it is kind of a you know, like an epithet from statistics about like statisticians need to speak for the data. And it's like, then people become critical. It's like, Oh, well, you know, this is your reading of the data. And it's like, well, of course that's Mm. true. It's like, there is no purely objective truth in this sense. Um, So what we're probably trying to do here is demonstrate or like portray what we think the narrative should be. Yeah or just like a,
0: a useful perspective to take um yeah is just that that whole worldly global perspective
1: uh, yeah maybe maybe narrative was a bad choice of word yeah. because it's like we're not trying yeah. to just say like this is the yeah narrative is a loaded word like heavy connotations yeah. but i think that is the the way that people should be reasoning about it It's like not just looking purely up the Mm. hill because you're, you're standing 99% of the way up already. It's like there's 1% above you, but there's an absolute metric F ton of people below you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I really, um, I guess I've really come across, uh, shifted closer towards Tyler Cowen's idea of just like growth is the ultimate altruistic endeavor at large. Um, And so I think it was maybe Nixon or someone said that like, uh, you know, well, GDP measures a lot, but it doesn't basically can't measure a good life. Um, But then like the counterpoint is like, well, that's true. Something that Cowan demonstrates or like that he writes about is that while that may be true, there are those two trends are so close closely related that it's the best approximation for um, well-being at large. It's like, so many things go up as GDP goes up. So many things that we do value go up as GDP goes up. Um, that it's the best kind, in his estimation, it's kind of the best proxy we have. Um, so yeah, I've I've really just come pretty well come a, come around to that idea, and that's been supplemented with seeing what like the one percent quote unquote do with their money, like the the Warren Buffets, the Zuckerbergs. Like, you can say a lot of bad things about them, maybe. How accurate those are, that's a different story. But there's no doubt about how much money they are they are pumping back into um, philanthropic endeavors. Yep. Bill Gates, another yep. one.
1: Just, well, Elon. Yeah. Like, people not, might not see Elon as doing altruistic things, but, like, even... I think just like his contribution to scientific and engineering knowledge over time through like what he's trying, like that, that I think at least from my perspective should be considered very altruistic. Like the the compounding effects of that knowledge over future generations will likely be monumental.
0: Yeah, the the genius of making an electric car cool, I think, doesn't get enough credit. It gets it gets a lot of credit, but I think that is maybe like one of his. Um, better contributions to society that, that will have a large payoff in the long run where like now that Tesla is a cool thing, that's opened up the door for like that being a viable option um, at scale because obviously Tesla was not the first electric or say hybrid or eco-friendly car. There were the, um, what are those Toyota Prius, yeah. <laughs> The Priuses and those little smart cars. Which are just like considered a joke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, just laughed at and considered uh, I won't use that term but um, yeah just not taken seriously and and not cool and like that that's not a trivial point like in order to attract consumers like you do need to kind of make them want it in a consumer sense it's got to be cool Um, and yeah he's managed to do that and I think that's going to have a lot of long term payoff now that he's opened that door yeah yeah I think
1: this is maybe somewhat of a slight lateral step, but this. We have this interest in politics because of how, like, both sides are fallible. I think, like, that the interest for us is almost in the truth seeking endeavor and uniting useful but incomplete perspectives. So, progressive politics often criticize conservative politics for. The purely like rational, reason based, like economic lens of like, yeah, this might be ec- economically the best thing to do, but people aren't purely rational creatures. Yet then progressives basically fall down in the exact same way when it comes to climate change propaganda or narratives about like, this is what we should do for the planet. And the conservatives are just like, yeah but like we don't care you've got to mm. we're not purely reason-based people mm. <laughs> like you've got to make a more compelling narrative and that's you know in some ways just a way of not succumbing to the other side's mm. views but the point I'm trying to highlight here is is like you said it is an incredibly I still think undervalued thing what Elon has mm. done like penetrating that barrier to go here is a you know rational scientifically valid way of addressing the climate change problem and it still maps onto all the irrational emotional aspects of human beings and is
0: viable in that sense too yeah yeah i love it i i don't know if i said it on here or when i was speaking with johnny but i'm a little bit obsessed and i think uh like the a real art. Yeah. I think I was speaking about like kind of the art of the bureaucracy or the art of logistics, like real, I don't want to use that term, but like really admirable innovation these days is making it through say the red tape and like marrying up the logistical issues. Um, and yeah, just being able to like coalesce different areas and ideas To actually form a final product like anyone can have an idea but like that that doesn't get you very far unless you can figure out how to actually um, make the product how to actually market the product how to actually sell the product how to actually ship the product Um, you know deal with government regulations in some in some sense like that is that is like the that's gonna I think that's gonna be the innovation of say like this century is not just like creating the product but say like you know dealing dealing with all the other things and i I think that's really a, a really good skill to have
1: yeah they in a slightly narrower sense than what you were just talking about there but they talk about this in you know like data science or software engineering circles about how like you can't just develop your ability to code mm. it's like even if you're a 10x coder but you can't like, effectively work with people mm. or, like, under a manager, or, you know, as a data scientist, if you can't just have the soft skills of not only communication from a verbal standpoint, but like Microsoft Word, PowerPoint, mm. the ability to, you know, convey your findings to a board of directors or something like yeah. that, like, you could be the most technically minded person available. Mm that's not the
0: complete picture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Elon Musk's book, uh, it was a biography, not an autobiography. It was actually, I think it was by a a last named Ashley Vance, I think was her name. Um, It's actually pretty good just to get that whole picture and that idea because again, he's obviously quite clearly a genius and it tracks his story from growing up as a young kid and, uh, you know, just one of those kids that was destined to be a genius. Um, But yeah, it it. Talks a lot about how he's had to reconcile his genius with a board of directors and with um, government regulations and things like that. Um, and yeah, going back to that point, it is almost a miracle that he's been able to have the impact he's had, considering, yeah, a lot of people that do have that genius are just maybe just stuck away working in a lab and aren't really able to, um, I guess, like break through into society at large.
1: Yeah, I think Elon's like almost the, the premier kind of example of the model that I was speaking about that this article highlights about like getting yourself in this sort of secure place, mm. be it financially or however you need to secure yourself so that you can try like the long shot but high outcome bets and if they fail, then you're still okay. Yeah. Yeah, Elon was sort of, like, secure probably even prior to Tesla. And it's, like, Tesla then just, like, bolstered his security and then he could try SpaceX. Like, mm. yeah, I'm going to try and recycle rockets. <laughs> yeah. Like, after we've just, yeah. com- like, previously just been destroying them, single-use objects, yeah. I'm going to try and land <laughs> them. <laughs> yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. And that could have been a massive yeah, flop. of course. But... Then he would have tried something else again. Like he would have, Mm. to use the cliche term of
0: 2019, 2020, he would have pivoted. I thought you were going to say unprecedented. (laughs) (laughs) It is what it is. Uh, Maybe we'll read the, uh, the, what is it called? The conclusion of this article. Yep. Go for it if you like. Conclusion, it's better to be too ambitious than not ambitious enough. We advise people who are overconfident as well as people who are underconfident but if your aim is to have an impact, underconfidence seems like the bigger danger. It's better to aim a little too high than a little too low. But ambitious people do not need to be irrational. You do not need to convince yourself that success is guaranteed. To be worth betting on, you just need to believe that one, success is possible, two, your downsides are limited, and three, the expected value of pursuing the path is high. If you found a path that might be amazing, make a backup plan and give it a go. It may not work out, but it might be the best thing you ever decided to do. If you're inspired to get started setting your goals and update your career path plan right now, take a look at our planning process. Nice. Yep,
1: I like it. Obviously, you would sing the praises of 80,000 hours. I know you're a big fan. so, And I certainly will too. Like They've just got a ton of great resources on their blog I don't listen to the podcast religiously like you do. Well, not at all. Maybe I'm like, maybe it is religious, but in the sort of Jewish sense that all Jews don't actually practice (laughs) religion. (laughs) um,
0: That's a a real, real ivory towel in there. Um, Yeah, yeah, I I genuinely think you would... Well, I don't know. I'm I'm done prescribing things to you, but <laughs> you would probably like it a lot. It's it's really long termist focused, um, evidence based focused, it's optimistic focused. Um Rob Wiblin is like a uh he's on another planet in terms of his intellect. Um and yeah, it's it's really really good stuff. Yeah, you're right. I should. I should, I should, I should. Anyway, what's um okay, um, so what do we cover like what your what's your twenty
1: twenty two? Yeah, maybe I'll just highlight one more thing. Um something I quite liked about this article, and again it's a good article in general, but they do just kind of address that misconception that say someone like Bill Gates is a risk taker. Mm. So it's like he dropped out of you know, Harvard to start Microsoft but it's like he negotiated an ability to get back into Harvard before. Mm. Like he didn't sort of just go like, we have this attitude I feel where it's like, it's cool to say fuck it and chase your dreams. But it's like no one that actually has made it really approached it in that mm. way. Maybe some of them did. But I think then we're, we succumbed to like survivorship bias at this yeah. point. There's been a, you know, a ton more people who didn't make it yeah. because they irrationally said fuck yeah. it. Again, just limit downsides, then chase the upsides.
0: I think it's great advice. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'm very risk averse.
1: Okay, goals for 2022. Uh, <laughs> goals yeah, sorry, for two 20 years, 20 years ago. Two. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd quite like to not only get TT back to where it was. But yeah, like past that, like, you know, this will be, I'm in the third year currently, wow. which, you know, I'm sort of like proud of for the staying power. Um, you know, I think I wrote, I just counted before, I think it was about 16 articles that I've put out this year, which I'm quite pleased That's with, good. you know, they are like varying qualities, but to put out more than one a month, more than one a month. And you see this with pretty much all trends where, like, unless someone goes viral, like, immediately, like, most just businesses, internet or otherwise, or, like, yeah, endeavors rather than businesses, just take, you know, that five to ten years of trying, iterating, improving, and then just putting in the time. With that said, would like to set some more ambitious goals there so i'll list that as one of it go blow. Yeah. That blow for blow yeah that work let's <laughs> blow for
0: blue um okay so i guess i already mentioned uh yeah wanting to go to tasmania which is a bit of a lifestyle goal and I attend dark Murphy festival so that would be the one i already mentioned um yeah i don't know this year i would like to get experience like in a work sense a career sense i'd like to get experience in a project team this year at work next sorry next year at work um So, yeah, I don't know. This could be really anything. They have heaps of, like, mini projects going on throughout the year. They may be, like, crisis projects where they're, say, like helping a whole group of people transition, um, say, like out of some sort of of situation. I'm trying to be as concrete as possible. Some sort of situation into another situation. (laughs) Um, Or it may just be, like, innovation projects where they're trying to create something. um, They need a lot of. Say like assistance setting up back-end stuff. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, there I would like to be involved in like a project team this year, uh, next year, and just do a couple of months on that. Do something different. So that would be nice. Nice one.
1: I would. I would just continue along the sort of TT vein. I would like us to crack the. YouTube barrier that has been Mm. sort of holding us back for the conduit or like yeah obviously just keep progressing the conduit Mm. but again what does that sort of mean because like if we just continue to produce podcasts we'll probably end up having more listeners and subscribers Mm. by this time next year Mm. but yeah looking for more of those you know like zero to one categorical kind of shifts and improvements And we've been speaking about it for a while. But, yeah, mix of things, including excuses. Mm. We just haven't started doing
0: video podcast format Mm. yet, which we'd like to. Yeah, definitely a shared goal. Definitely some exciting stuff coming for The Conduit in 2022, I would say. Guests and other things.
1: Yeah. Hopefully hopefully our execution is high because we obviously do have good ideas and intentions for it. But the only thing that obviously gives them a chance of seeing the light of day is execution. Yeah,
0: Yeah. absolutely. Um, Okay, so what is another one? Uh, I guess it's time to get into another relationship. (laughs) It's been a while. And I say it like that because um, I do feel like it's just... Uh, I I don't want to frame it too much as just like ticking a box but like okay Um, after the fact I've always found it's been a very very um, good learning experience being in a relationship it's been good to self-reflect it's been good to for reality testing um, to just get get back into contact with yeah what what life is because again it can be quite easily to be insulated and um live in my own head or live in our head, our shared head. (laughs) Um, But also, yeah, just experiencing a different part of the world, perhaps like part of the world in terms of, you know, someone who is a network, exposing myself to a different network. So, yeah, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world and it's been a while since I've had all of that. Um, and, And there's a lot of like uncomfortableness to get past as well, which I haven't exposed myself to at all. Um I've been very very much sheltering myself in that way, so like relationships I've always felt have been really good emotional growth um stimulators, and so yeah maybe maybe that's something for twenty twenty two yeah, I would agree with
1: all of that. I've found the same for myself um okay, another goal. Pretty simple cliche one, but I think I want to just be a better son, brother, grandson. Yeah, but like in a way where my, you know, age and maturity sort of uh, like... Is justified, let's say, maybe like by my age and maturity at this point, it's like I am becoming an adult in and of myself. Mm. And, you know, probably rather than just being a less troublesome son or brother to have, and that was pre, like previously, that was what being a sort of a good brother was, it's like you just caused less headaches for your parents or your siblings. Mm. Like now, I think supporting and providing, you know, yeah just
0: more like age relevant way i think is something that i can begin to do mm. yeah that's all, that's a very good idea i will need to do much more of the same i think um yeah i didn't didn't really have too many other too many other goals to work towards obviously i'm going to undertake the studies in 2022 so i guess a goal around that will just be to um find some consistency and sustainability with that and something that I'll be happy with that. Yeah. will be sustainable over the long run. Yeah. Like you
1: do. I think you do need to put some serious thought into like, why are you going to finish this degree? Mm. Like, yeah, I don't think it's trivial. It's a trivial consideration Mm. about like, you'll of course going into the degree. It feels like, yeah, this is the one, but what's the thing stopping that from being false yeah. at the three-year mark yeah, exactly okay uh, I don't probably have tons more either like the only probably other ones that come to mind would be something work-related and something travel-related but both yeah I don't know if I'm being sort of you know, like Weasley and not setting concrete goals there. But I, I just think it's too early to say too much about either of mm. them. Like travel is very dependent on probably like how the year plays out, you know, financial situation, what's going on with family, all kinds of things. Mm. But each year, like time slowly does tick by and I, I would like to expose myself to you know, foreign cultures more, like earlier rather than later. Mm. Like just get some... Get some change going through my mind and and sort of just like we're talking about with self-identity as well. Like you... uh, People talk about growth happening while being away traveling and like part of that's true because you're introduced to new things but part of it is just being away from old things as well.
0: Most definitely. Um, Yeah, I, I guess... I've, I've liked this conversation because it, so, you know, I think one reason why we're quite, um, why we are bullish and passionate about, say, mindfulness and spirituality is because there's a lot of BS around it. But we think there's a lot of genuine value to be captured there. And I think it's the same for conversations around goals and goal setting and quote-unquote traditional personal development. Like, it, it has gotten such a bad rap, um, yeah, for, for a lot of reasons. But... There is also genuinely a lot of value to be captured in uh, in undertaking it in a more, so let's just say, in a better way. And I guess part of this conversation has been trying to bring those better ways to the front with something like the 80,000 hours framework that they've laid out. But I guess like more so the reasons why. Um, and then also say something like Jordan, Jordan Peterson's future authoring program. Um, just some method of... Um, trying to explore what the territory is and what you want it to look like and what you definitely don't want it to look like. And I think this is probably just all in the name of a more rational approach to goal setting.
1: Yeah, I agree. I like all that. It's good stuff. Trying to think if I have any final topics to raise, questions,
0: points of interest. What were you thinking? And I was also just um, going to add that, like, it, it, it's yeah, it's kind of like the rationale thing again. Like, obviously, we want better things for ourselves, and uh, you know, on some sense, you are setting goals. But I think this process is just a case of, or it's it's just a case of the pro- improving that process. It's like you probably are doing it in some way, just a really, really bad, crude way perhaps for most people. Um, And then if not, it just seems like obvious you should. Like we all basically want better things for ourselves and better things for those that we care about. Um, And there is, yeah, there's many different ways to get there probably. And it probably makes some sense to pay some attention to how you get there. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I was going to say.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a good point. Like it is... Yeah, we do just have goals and objectives in life as well as both conscious and subconscious methods of acquiring those things or like approximating them, getting near them. But yeah, there is a lot of value to making processes explicit and just checking whether they are... Maybe not, you know, optimized, but if they're sort of like as goal directed and as functional as what they could be. And this is just one of those extremely fundamental things where it's probably worth paying, you know, two hours on one weekend, you know, throughout the holiday period too. Yeah. Like just going, okay, here's sort of what I did this year when things just like happened. Mm. What's, you know, what's some things I'd like to achieve by year's end and how could I go about it? Because this is something that I, I sort of started to realize. This might seem really trivial, but something I've probably realized only the last like week or so is just like how much of my behavior is geared towards supporting my family. Like even my career and study objectives really sort of do link back to you know i want my grandparents to be proud of me i want my parents to be proud of me my sister to be proud of me like i want to hold a high status job in like a large like non trivial part because i want them to be like yeah that's my brother and the other is to help financially secure you know their situations you know different different things have made you know, finances go up and down in you know, the last few years. So, yeah, I want to, like, as, as I said, achieve a, you know, relatively high paying position just to look after them. Yet, yeah, that all sounds really altruistic and, you know, how noble and benevolent of you, Linden. But, like, so often I am shitty and grumpy because I've been, you know, studying the whole day. It's like mum wants to have dinner and I'm going, no, mm. like, I've planned to watch a, you know, watch a lecture during this time or, you know, something equivalent to that. But that's where I'm getting sort of instrumental and terminal goals mixed up a little bit. Mm. The forest for the trees. Again, as I said, it yeah, like it, it sounds sort of trivial, but it was, we're all pretty blind to our own weaknesses and, and blind spots, mm. obviously, like by definition. And Yeah. I was glad that that sunk into a greater degree for me recently. It just did provide some clarity for me.
0: That's beautiful. That's very, very good. Maybe a good note to finish on. No bullish bearish. Um, Let's see. I don't think so. Maybe I'll mention a good book I've been reading, which is Identity by Francis Fukuyama. It's pretty good. Um, so he wrote, like, I guess his big works that people will be familiar with is the end of history. Um, he's sort of, I guess like a, I don't know, political theorist or political philosopher. I'm not exactly sure, but he tends to write a lot about politics and, um, the philosophy behind politics and identity is all about, um, like dignity and dignity as a peoples and, um, talks a little bit about contemporary issues like identity politics, um, gets philosophical in it as well. It's a very short book, um, so yeah, I've been enjoying that. I've been bullish on that, and um, bullish on smoothies. Smoothies have made their way back into my life in the past month, and to so your neighbours, <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> seven a.m. Um, I don't know why they ever left my life. They're they're the best. they the best thing ever, but um. Yeah, that's probably it for me. What about you? Just remind me of that. <laughs> that bit in Super Bad when
1: Evans <laughs> is like, I think it's when he's hooking up with, hooking up with Becca <laughs> and he's is like, the you're, the, you're the best. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> yeah. taps her on the nose or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's classic. We'll watch it next week. <laughs> uh, okay, that's. I don't know if I said this a lot.
1: I feel like I I nearly say it every week, but. I am bullish on having existed during a time when Superbad mm. was like made and came out, yeah. and those two mixes, the best of Tramp, like Part <laughs> One and Part Two, by Trav mm. by Travlos and <laughs> who is it? Uh, I can't remember. Anyway, that like I listened to those. I've listened to those probably like fortnightly yeah for years straight and i'm just like <laughs> these are such good mixes and it just lifts me every time so i feel very fortunate when i feel down and out yeah like i existed during a time
0: when those mixes and super bad came out definitely big on the um existing when good comedy movies still were around like that that that's a quite important, well, not an important point, but um, that's something that I think about a lot. It's like Tropic Thunder is probably a great example. Like just comedies like that where they just could not be made today and Tropic Thunder, <laughs> is just, that's maybe one of the more genius comedy movies made. That is such a good reference. Like that is unbelievable,
1: that movie. Mm. The cast and the lines, like they're the Matthew McConaughey <laughs> scene. No, sorry, is it not Matthew McConaughey, um, it's um
0: Tom Cruise tom cruise is yeah. like i will fuck you up <laughs> <laughs> but just like robert downey jr that whole like that concept just yeah. blows me. he does yeah. <laughs> there's like layers upon layers of his character he's so robert downey jr obviously a white actor is playing a blackface character but just stays in character the whole movie because, like, the movie is about a movie and he, like, so, goes in and out of the character. And, like, yeah, it's phenomenal. He's playing this
1: playing an Australian actor <laughs> playing, <laughs> playing a black character. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Oh, yeah. And, like, actually, you know, like, what else I, I was reflecting on? was Steve Irwin this week. Yeah. I saw, like, a clip on Instagram of just, like, he was a guy who was just... He was a f- I took him for granted Australian when phenomenon. I was a kid. But it was like, oh yeah, Steve Irwin, just doing crazy stuff. It's like, hang on. Yeah. This guy was literally doing crazy stuff and then like surfing and doing all kinds yeah. of... He was
0: just living. It was very cool because I don't... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I was quite around him when he was around. Like I remember going... I dressed as him in some dress up day at school. Um, but I don't know. It seems to me at least as if like he was like... Australia's golden boy in some sense. And I don't know that we necessarily have something like that today where like there's say like really bipartisan, like bipartisan in a a large sense, like across the demographic spectrum, across the income spectrum, is just like wide support, Australia-wide support for this one phenomenon. Did you catch the jordan peterson
1: podcast with pinker and hate yeah i did actually yeah so they sort of talk about there's a bit there where they're talking about um like a god-shaped hole and it's like it's a it's a kind of it's like not a new or novel concept but yeah peterson and hate i think are kind of making the point that like or like Pinker makes the point that why can't sort of like human welfare be sort of placed into that hole and Hayden and Peterson are kind of like, no, there needs to be like, there's a certain configuration of thing that can fit into that hole. And obviously like some kind of person, demagogue kind of, mm. yeah, like personality or persona is a good fit for that hole. And like Steve Irwin probably was like, Some kind of, yeah, very much so personality that fit there for Australia, which helped bind
0: the nation around certain values. Yeah, yeah, I would say very, very much Australian In, in an Australian sense, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, yeah, not too much else said there, yeah. Cool. We'll leave it at that then. Beautiful. Well, thank you again, listeners. Um, As always, please leave us a review or a rating. What we'd like to do, maybe use the reviews as a comment section. Just if you have a thought on episode, just comment on it in the form of a review.
1: (laughs) Great call. I I actually thought maybe this week, we'll do it next week. Like we should discuss our reviews a little bit. Oh, yeah. So I'm I'm still a little perplexed by... (laughs) Some of the low <laughs> or like one just, just one, one. one star at this point yeah, just is just one. Yeah.
0: So we're we're doing pretty good. And we're uh, I think we've got like fourteen five star reviews, which is nice. Yeah, that that is really nice and really
1: appreciated for all the people who have done that so far. But it just made me think, of course, of the not overthinking <laughs> yeah. episode when they're like they're discussing one of the negative reviews sometimes. And yeah. or like at one point in Tamor it's just like I can't remember what the review was it was just like maybe like pretentious (laughs) um two rich white boys or like two rich boys like talking about stuff they don't know or like one star. Something something extremely minimal and Tame was just like I'd just like to know more. (laughs) Like like, it's just like that's how I feel about our one star. I was like, I just like <laughs> it's fine if you didn't like it, but I just liked yeah. it. I'd like to know more. For some constructive
0: feedback. Well, we actually, yeah, it like you are alluding to, we they didn't write a review. Unfortunately, they just gave us one star. Um, so, it's like if you
1: just it's just like comment,
0: commenting shit, yeah, what was shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I do have a sneaky su- suspicion that maybe that was just a spite, a spite star. <laughs> um mm. what was i going to say but yeah i i think i've said this to you before but i'm 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 actually pretty okay with that like you know that line like there's no real difference between love and hate or like the opposite of love isn't hate the opposite of love is indifference so a lot yep. yeah along that train of thought i'm actually quite okay with that being the the setup is fives and ones like um which is more or less how it's going to be anyway like as I think we were talking about with the book reviews, people really aren't going to be writing reviews if they've had moderate feelings about a book, for the most part. Reviews, people will review things if they're very passionate about them, either they loved it or hated it. Um, so that's why most of the time it's the, the amount of reviews is a better indicator rather than the actual rating. Um and yeah, as a consumer, that's what you want to look at because at least then you're you're getting something. You're getting something that's actually it's um, creating some sort of a response rather than just being like indifference or apathy.
1: It's good stuff.
0: Yeah, believe we'll cool. it Just there. tangenting nowadays.
1: No, I I wasn't being <laughs> kind of dismissive. Whether it's like oh, it's good stuff. Yeah. I genuinely did mean it, Thank and you. I think that even links in with what we were saying. Like, aim aim high like personal life, career-wise, whatever. And like, because there is some kind of clash with information there, sort of like Mm. being divisive. Like if it just three stars, it just doesn't mean anything. Mm. And it's like continuing to sort of just trend down a path of, you know, possibly like mediocrity doesn't really tell you much either. Yeah, Like aim for something big, it comes off. And if it doesn't, then you likely learn to a lot more than you would have otherwise.
0: Beautiful. Leave some five-star reviews, people. Thank you, everyone. Enjoy all your right. week. Speak to you. Bye.
1: See you, Joshy. And that's all we have for today. We thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed the episode, we would love it if you could leave a rating, review, or even share it with a friend. If you have any thoughts, you can send an email to conduit.aus at gmail.com.
0: Thanks again, and we'll speak with you next week.